is Midnight Alchemy with your alchemists, Jason Allen and Holly Jordan. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whatever you are. This is Midnight Alchemy, and I am only uh, the talking monkey in front of the microphone, Jason. With me is the real brains of the outfit, Holly Jordan. Holly, how are you doing? Hey, Jason. Glad we're back. Right. You know, uh, I'm going to take people behind the scenes, behind the curtain in Oz for a second, and uh, tell people about uh, what did or did not go on a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, we were uh, interviewing uh, Chris Newell from Witches Resistance, and um, I will neither confirm nor deny that uh, somebody may have screwed up. I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not going there. I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to point fingers. <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, you know, are lucky and privileged to have Chris back with us tonight. Uh, that way we can get a, in, in kickball, it's do-over. Dodgeball do-over. Yeah. That's right, it's a dodgeball do-over. <laughs> yeah. It's our special dodgeball do-over episode. Right, okay. Yeah. So without further ado, let's, in, let's interview the lad. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Chris Newell from Witches Resistance. Yay! Uh, you know, the last uh, conversation we had that may or may not have been recorded, right? Uh, <laughs> it was an awesome interview. And so we're going to try to recreate, or dare I say, up at a certain notch and make it uh, more Mui Fabulioso. So anyway, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, awesome. much, much, much better. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said a little bit before, I'm I'm very happy and uh, uh, honored that you'd come back on because <clears throat> you know most people would be like, you couldn't even hit the record button. Forget it. I'm out of here. You know. But, <laughs> well, you know, I I have a message to get out, and um, I'll come back to do that. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. You know what, Holly, since I screwed up last time, I'm going to give you first question right out of the gate. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> build confidence. I don't trust myself. That's okay. You're fine, Jason. Uh, it's all right. It's Monday for heaven's sakes. We're allowed to have Mondays any day of the week. It is not just on Monday. It's quite all right. It's quite all right. And I will I, take your word for it. Thank you. Yes. Chris, Chris understands. He understands. Don't you? I know you did. I worked in the tech industry. How could I not understand? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I want to just kind of return to our purpose of our podcast really quick um, and ask you, Chris, to please share with us a significant or an initial paranormal experience that you can share with the listeners that helped you to be more connected to the paranormal or to kind of confirm your feelings about the paranormal. What can you share with us? Wow, you know, I, I've had a few in my life because being a witch, the paranormal is part of my existence. Right. Um, now, you're, you're a psychic medium, right? Correct. And, and I am not, but I occasionally get messages. Right. A um, few years ago, it was 2017, um, it was right after Standing Rock, my friend Candy Brings Plenty asked me to bring my drum and come down and be a part of the Women's March that she was leading here in Portland. Nice. 
And um, we started out at Shrunk Plaza. And I mean, if you know Portland, you know, we have a, a history of kidnappings, murders, everything yes. bad. Yes, there's a lot. And it was her intention to honor all of those, those, those lost spirits with this Women's March. And so when we started out from Shrunk Plaza, we started um, an honor song for the, the um, murdered missing. Mm. And when the drum trance hit me, I, I don't know if you've ever drummed, but you hit that meditative state. Right. And I started seeing spirits come up out of the ground um, and out of the buildings and just getting in with the procession and joining with us. Um, I get emotional when I retell this because it, it was a very moving experience. Understandable. When we got down to the waterfront and we spread out, uh, the drummers were right behind Candy, who was, was acting as priestess isn't the right word, um, facilitator. Okay, sure. That makes sense. And, and the Aztec dancers, and they, they were giving an offering of, of incense and more spirits that came up out of the river and they joined us. And it was just, I looked back over my shoulder and on the hillside, it was like human, human, spirit spirit they were just mixed in and they right. were people from from every time of portland okay, okay. based on i guess the way they look their dress okay. sure sure and it at the end of the ceremony she she told them all you know you're remembered we honor you you can leave now and so many of them left on the smoke it, it almost put me on my knees. It was wow. just, I mean, I don't see spirits. I, I saw a lot of spirits that day. That had an to be incredible. awful lot of spirits. Right. And, and honestly, you know, I can kind of feel the difference when I go to downtown Portland these days. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think that is? What is the difference that you notice? I, I think some of that that negativity associated with all of those those murdered and and people and the other people who died was released. I really Good. do. That's beautiful. That is that is really an amazing experience. I know, and from my own experience, when I do seances and have done seances, normally in the past. Um, not a whole lot of people are around. They're usually fairly private. Um, my husband has been partaking in them with me lately, and he has actually found himself completely emotionally entwined in the letting go part and has found it to be, um, it's, it's, it's not bad emotion. It's all love. It's just love. And there's this release and this peace that comes over, but also it's like a bittersweetness too, because you're, there's a letting go part. Yeah. And so I know what you're describing because I feel that when you're saying it and it's like, that's incredible that that's even possible. And to be able to see any spirits in broad daylight 
is incredible. I I told Candy um, later over social media about my experience. And she came back to me with that her mother had told her the exact same thing. Oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. that. I love that. That is super cool. I it, love that. That it wasn't my first paranormal experience, but it was definitely the most intense I've ever had. So in a perspective sense and talking with our for our listeners sake, how did that impact you seeing that? What did that do to you? I mean, other than the emotions of the moment, it, it really made, let's call it the other world real to me. Okay, great. That is awesome. I, I know from myself, that's that connection, that connecting yourself with what else is around um, can't get any more real. No, right. Because, you know, you, you can feel something. I Because, you know, how sometimes you go to an area and you can feel, uh, you know, like heavy air or you feel just that uh, that difference in that atmosphere. Absolutely. So, when you talked about feeling uh, that, uh, you know, my head, you know, I turn into a bottlehead yeah, dog. Right. Yeah. It, 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 that totally fits. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I love that story and I am so glad that you shared that with us because I think that there's a lot of shock and awe in national TV programs to do with ghosts and experiences with ghosts. And as much as those are entertaining, I think that there's a big hole in that story. And so I love what you shared, Chris, because that's what I experience as a medium frequently and I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that I get to be a part of anybody's life, whether they're the, uh, as, as some of my ghost friends have shared with me, they don't like being called the dead. They like to be called otherworldly or, you know, they have other expressions that they prefer. They don't necessarily like to be considered dead because in, they're not dead. They're, no. just in a, they're in another form. And so, having to get to share something with them um even as an observer is to me a humongous gift and it's not scary there's not a part of it that's scary so i have to ask you no did you feel scary. scared at all by that not at all okay thank you because yeah i i've encountered i i guess you could call them hostile entities in my life sure they they don't even scare me, really. I just need to be cautious and make sure my barriers are up. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. No. I appreciate you saying that, too, because there is good and bad in everything. Always. Always. Absolutely. So I'm very curious about your witch journey, and I would love for you to expel for us... Um, what it is to be a witch for you? What does that mean to you? And what is that for for you? What is what is that about for you? Well, Holly, I was just gonna ask that. I'm like, I, I, and then you you came right in and did a better job than I would. Right. So I can't make that popping sound now. What? How's that go? What a long, strange trip it's been. Right. Um, 
I, I was raised in a Methodist family. I, I literally learned to read out of the Bible sitting in my great-grandmother's lap. Love it. Um, which comes in handy when I can go chapter and verse back at certain people, but that's neither here nor there. And um, I don't know, as I got older, I started to see the whole hypocrisy in that particularly in the church yeah and i just i walked away from it but i i needed something right um when i was in the navy i, I went through a, a born again phase and um again I, I needed something sure but that didn't really do it for me and after i got out of the navy i met um the woman who had become my wife and me being the right raised the way i was you know she she was in a group of she was in a coven at the time okay i'm like are, are you a saint worshiper <laughs> right that's the first question <laughs> and and she she gave me some books and she pointed me in 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 the right direction and i learned it's about you know reverence for the earth and right. for nature right and I'm like i can get with that okay so i started researching it um i got a book called uh, guide for the solitary practitioner by scott cunningham which is a fantastic book and i jumped in with both feet and um let's see that went on for a few years we moved to tennessee for a job it was a really good job i thought but anyway um, while we were there, we got involved with the East Tennessee State University Earth Spirituality Group as their non-faculty advisors. Cool. It, it was really cool. We had a group of college kids at our house every weekend, and every semester we'd work through a book, um, like Green Witchcraft or The Spiral Path, and then we'd culminate with the ritual. Mm-hmm. And I learned, I learned a lot about different denominations, let's say, of witchcraft doing okay. it that way. Okay. Um, out of that group, we, we formed a coven of 13, which was a very, it's a very family oriented experience. I, I never got that from church, but what a coven of witches is very it's a very yeah very family oriented almost intimate you know yeah yep and um well as a psychic medium you deal with energy right correct yep i sure do so so as as high priest one of my jobs was to stand in the middle of the circle of witches with the sword and direct everybody's energy oh boy um that is both addicting and exhausting yes it's a very fine line there yes i can imagine i can i i can see why some some um priests and priestesses let their egos get away from them sure but that's neither here nor there right <laughs> Then we had to move back here to Oregon um, because my the woman who raised me passed away, and 
we haven't really reformed a group. It's just me and my wife and a couple of friends. Um, we went to Sunfest in 2018. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And met Janet Ferrer and Gavin Bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janet Ferrer is... She could rightly be called the Queen of the Witches. Her and her husband wrote a book called The Witch's Bible. Okay. And um I heard that. She was a student of uh Gerald Gardner who founded Modern Wicca in the 50s. Okay. And to hear her tell it in her Irish accent, she just laughs it off. Oh, I'm the queen of the witches, don't you know? And then she laughs and it's hilarious. But <laughs> Um, that was the year I brought forth the idea of the, the witch's resistance. Okay. Tell me what that Le- means. Okay. I feel like I'm talking way more this time around, but that's No, all. but I love it. Because you know, you know why? <laughs> you know why? Because in talking with you and listening to you, there's so much more to what you do and how you got to where you were at it would be a travesty to not allow that to be shared with more people. So as much as you think that you're doing this simple little thing, my friend, I am telling you what you do is much bigger than you realize. And more people need to hear what you have to say, Chris. And I think that in our tiny little platform that we have as a podcast, if we can give a voice and add to what your speaker is, I think that we're doing a service to our culture to try and share what it is that you are working on. Because right. I appreciate that. I think it's important. Uh, I really uh, do. Radio background. You talking and us just kind of getting out of the way. That's, that's the way it is. Yeah. So you're, okay. you're doing well. So I'm, I'm going to go then. All right. So it, <laughs> back in 2016, there was this protest in, in the Dakotas called Standing Rock. You guys heard of that? I'm sure. Yes. Yes. I I wasn't physically able to go to that, but I I was what they called the keyboard warrior for Standing Rock. Okay, cool. I I I set my schedule by those guys. I would get up in the middle of the night sometimes just to check on my live streamers and make sure they were okay, you know. Yeah. But after that all was over, um I learned about something here in Oregon called the Jordan Cove LNG project and the Pacific connector pipeline. Okay. They wanted to put a liquefied natural gas facility down in Jordan Cove in Coos Bay. Okay. I'm like, no, you can't do that. Right. Methane's 89 times worse of a, of a, a greenhouse gas over the 20 year period than CO2. That's incredible. That's it is. That's, that's crazy numbers. Wow. So I got in my car and I drove to Coos Bay to go to the public comment meeting. And I stopped at Jordan Cove out on the spit to take a look at the proposed site because I wanted to get it in my mind, right? Sure, of course. And when I got out of my car, I looked up and I was greeted by a pair of bald eagles. Amazing. Uh, I know, (laughs) because, I mean, when I was a child, they were almost extinct. That's right. They were. You're right. And. And it's like, oh, the hell no, this isn't happening in my state. Right. 
And so I went to every public comment meeting I could. I went to every protest in Salem and Portland. Right. And eventually we beat that damn thing. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. You, you know, it's, it's funny you talk about methane too, because everyone talks about, you know, the oil pipelines and that, but they never talk about the different sort of gaseous pipelines and just the havoc and uh, destruction it does on local, uh, you know, not only local wildlife, but just local nature. That is correct. They're a blight upon the land. Um, so in the course of that, I discovered, I saw this young man on YouTube named Dakota Case, who is a Puyallup tribal member and one of the founding members of their water warriors. Oh, cool. Asking for people to come to Tacoma to stand with, with his people against a liquefied natural gas facility. I'm like, that's only an hour and a half up the road. I'll go up there. Right. So I grabbed my drum and I drove to Tacoma. And um, it was an interesting experience. Um, some people met me away from the protest site and vetted me, if you will. Gotcha. And and then they took me down to the protest site and, and I'm walking up and I see the, the guy from YouTube and he's big. I mean, I'm big guy. He's my size. He's all tatted up. He's kind of scary. And he, he right. squares up. He's like, who are you? Why are you here? And I'm like, dude, my name's Chris. I saw you on YouTube asking for people to come stand. I drove up from Portland. And his whole demeanor changed. Well, of course. Like, he, you drove up here from Portland because you saw me on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, That's awesome. Yeah. And he, he threw a bear hug on me. Of course. And then his mom was right there. She's like, well, you had to drive. Let me smudge all that energy off you. <laughs> That's awesome. That is and awesome. they've been my family ever since. That's so cool. Um, Very cool. A group, uh, Native Daily Network, um, our friends Benita and Darren, who we met through this whole process did a documentary called ancestral waters that details all of that um i appear on screen for like five seconds i had green hair at that protest nice yeah i was uh it's picture me um drumming behind one of the elders yeah uh ramona bennett who is on the list of founding members of AIM. Oh, wow. She's an amazing woman. She turned around, she looked at me, she said, what tribe are you with? I said, oh, I'm, I'm not indigenous, I'm, uh, I'm Irish. <laughs> and she said, well, all right then, Irish. I feel safe with you drumming behind me. Good. And she was my buddy from then on out too. Nice. They're amazing people. Nice. But so, they were having a huge protest at the, the facility that was under construction. And I went, mm -hmm. I was invited to come as a Wiccan high priest. Mm -hmm. And I offered blessings to everyone who was in lockdown. Nice. Um, few people didn't want them from a witch and that's fine. I understand. Right. right. Um, but that day while I'm there facing down a line of cops, I'm looking left. I'm looking right and I'm like, where are my pagans at? Where are my witches? Right. We say we revere this planet. We should be out here on the front lines fighting. 
Right. And so that was the day, I guess, the idea for the Witch's Resistance was born. Nice. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, I, I love the fact that you just get up with the drum and go. I was going to blurt out, have drum will travel. <laughs> my my drum bag has protest swag all over it, little pins and things. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, a couple weeks after that, while I was here at home, this is another paranormal experience for you. Okay. Uh, slightly different kind. Okay. I was putting a lot of thought energy towards how to bring the idea of the witch's resistance forward. Okay. And as I'm walking through my kitchen, I literally lifted up my foot. And when I put it down, I was standing across the street from a petrochemical tank form farm wow. in my full Wiccan high priest regalia with a bunch of other witches mm-hmm. and we were working magic we were calling on the ancestors and the old gods to uh show all the workers the errors of their ways and okay. change change their minds okay and while we're doing this the sky darkens behind me like uh like when a storm blows in right And then I started to hear crows, not a few, thousands and thousands of crows. And I looked back over my my shoulder and that's what the storm front was. The sky was black with crows. Wow. And then then her, her voice started in and she said, tell my children's children, I see the destruction they've caused. I see what they've done. Tell them if they do not change their ways, they'll see the price paid in their own lives. And then I was back in my kitchen. Jarring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a, uh, yeah. So, so that goddess is, is the goddess, the Morrigan. And, um, She'd been sending me hints for a long time that that I needed to pay attention to her, but being a man, I didn't. I don't take hints, so she slapped me upside the head with a big old, you know, here, have a vision, bam. <laughs> but but one of her titles is the Phantom Queen, so that was appropriate. Yeah, that was totally appropriate for her. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So thus, awesome. I have a message to spread. Yeah. Tell me more about her. Uh, uh, Who and where and and when uh, did she first manifest and how she's gone through uh, history? Wow. So she's an Irish goddess. Um, Some people say she's three sisters is is um by matcha in in the main other people and it's complicated irish deities are complicated because everything we know about them was passed down through catholic monks yes but you can read her lore in in several places um they call it the Tain, uh, the Cattle Raid of Cooley. 
my friend Courtney Weber wrote a book about her. Another friend, Morgan Daimler's written several books about her. She was essentially the Irish goddess of death, battle, and prophecy. Okay. Um, most of the prophecies she, she gives aren't very happy. One of her, her um, faces is, is Bibe, that's B-A-D-B, um, the washer at the ford, which is known as a, a hag that stands at the ford of a river washing blood out of armor. And she usually pretends death. If you see if you see the washer at the ford, bad things are bound to happen. And that actually comes from the cattle raid of Cooley when she was warning the Irish hero Cuculain not to go to battle or he would surely die. And he ignored her because of ego and he died. Wow. One should not ignore her when she speaks. No, clearly. And and the crow and lesser so the raven are her symbols. Interesting. Yeah. When um uh, pardon me. It it's gone. That thought went that way. Did you see it go? Yeah. <laughs> Just a second. Escape. That happens to me minute by minute. That usually comes back to uh, comes back to me at like four something in the morning. Aha! You know, and then I'll fall back. I've lost you guys. Where did you go? We're can here. You, can you hear and see us? We're here. We can hear you. Right, right. And I've got. I've got a Zoom video meeting call up here. Wait, wait, there it is. Oh, you're, you're frozen. Oh, there we go. We got it. Okay. Found you. Yay. <laughs> cool. That is awesome. We just had a, a burp. Yep. So I, um, through this, um, if you ask most, most witches and pagans these days about the old gods, they'll look I'll tell you, they seem to be becoming much more active in the world. So I can actually speak to that really quickly and tell you that in doing research for our podcast and also in my endeavors as a medium and psychic. Now, I've been an active psychic for 43 years, and I can tell you that there has never been in my lifetime this much energy all the time yes something big is coming something huge is coming and it's not just here in the pacific northwest it's right. everywhere i saw and, and all the gods and goddesses are gathering followers at this point yeah everybody's wide awake you know art bell the late great art bell had a term for this he called it the quickening yeah. As something is speeding towards something. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to be, uh, you know, spiritually in tune with things. Talk about the smack upside the head, right? To yeah. figure out that there is something going on. Very clearly. 
yeah right a couple we just watched my husband and i watched an interview of that do remote viewing and they were sharing they're off at how much is happening every time they do that and how much information they're getting and how much is coming through and i know for myself just to give you an example to the listeners so I normally on any day to day, any day, healthier or not, whether I'm feeling great or not, I tend to hear ghosts, see ghosts, feel ghosts a couple times a day. Um, but lately, and I'm saying lately, like the last three years, I think, I want to say the last three years in particular, um, a little before COVID started, but more even so after COVID kind of launched um i'm inundated it's not just a little like we talked a little bit about the, the there's a cartoon meme that i have on our on our web page and it shows um a little boy talking to one singular ghost and the ghost says you can hear me you can see me and the next clip is he's swarmed with ghosts because they're so excited somebody can hear them and see them and right and, I've had that experience, actually. Yeah, me too. And so, like, this house that my husband and I moved into is a 1967 manufactured home. It's tiny. It's a tiny home, and it's 53 years old. And it had plenty of former residents, is my point, in sharing that. And so, being in an area where there was a lot of people advanced in years, there's been a lot of death nearby. And so, my first week in this home... I was bombarded with other energies and that's never let up. I mean, I have it under control and I have boundaries, but I've never in my life seen that much activity on such a consistent basis. And I've also encountered, and maybe you can speak to this too, Chris, um, I've gotten unusual energies have been popping up things that I haven't encountered before seem to be coming forward. Right. The, the, um, let's just call them the good neighbors. They've been, they've been becoming a lot more active lately. Yes. Yes, exactly. That, that goes to my Irish ancestry of not wanting to name them directly. Right. No, I get it. I totally get it. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> um, there's been a few that I've, seen images of and some that I've heard and then eventually I see them um, but I sense them when they're nearby uh, right yeah and and all the not, land spirits are waking up too yeah yeah I mean it's absolutely it's kind so, of incredible I've been doing some ancestor work um, over the last few years nice which is I guess dealing with spirits sure in a way yes um I found out I was adopted at the age of 44, two That's years okay. after, or two days after the woman who raised me passed away. Incredible. Yeah, it was. Um, it made so many things make sense. I bet. I bet. Like, I'd done ancestor rituals in the past, and mm -hmm. people showed up that I didn't know who the hell they were. They clearly knew me. I didn't know who they were. Right. Um, but so after finding out who my ancestors were, it turns out I'm a Kelly. Um, 
my ancestor came out here to Portland in 1848 on the Oregon Trail. That's and um, built the first Baptist church in the area on top of Mount Tabor. Which is That's a so really cool. nice nature park here in Portland. Right. And a um, little synchronicity in that. Um, after I met my biological mother and she was showing me this book called The History of the Kellys in America. Mm-hmm. It listed the um, congregation of its church. And there were 13 people, which is a number I love because I'm a witch. Right. But one of them was a widow woman named Mrs. Newell. And I was raised by a widow named Mrs. Newell. That's so incredible. I'm so glad you shared that again. I love that. What are the odds of that? That's phenomenal. It it is. And that's why I have to share it. That's incredible. But So Mount Tabor is a, a nature park because my direct ancestor, Plimpton Kelly, donated it to the city with the understanding that it would always remain a nature park. That's very cool. Right. Brings history to home, right? Uh, Because you you can tangibly see, I mean, obviously you can go to Mount Tabor and and hang out, but to know that your ancestor did that is, uh, to me, it's humbling. Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and from another perspective, you know, they were a bunch of colonizers, but so I went to my very first public pagan ritual at the spot on top of Mount Tabor where the church used to stand long oh. before I ever I ever knew any of this. That's incredible. One of those weird synchronicities. Right. So we went up to Mount Tabor for um, with the friends of Mount Tabor to do an invasive uh, species cleanup. Right. A couple of years back. And... I tuned into my ancestors because, I mean, it's as close as I have to ancestral land on this continent. Sure, right. And they noticed me. And it was like, hey, there's there's one of ours here. Oh, hey, he can hear us. <laughs> and then I got mobbed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm giggling because... I know exactly what you're talking about. And for people that don't know what we're talking about, um, if you're a listener and you have never heard a ghost or you have never been sure whether you were hearing a ghost or not, let me just say, um, there's so many different things that people quantify as what's called a Claire. Clairaudience is one, clairsentience, clairvoyance. There's all these clairs. And these are basically pigeonholes of formats of types of psychic activities that happen to a person and they can happen to you. And if it's never happened to you before, imagine basically being in a a quiet-ish type area and suddenly you are in a New York subway of noise. It's yes, (laughs) it's all over you. You hear it and it's like you can't get away from it. And your brain knows that it's not physical noise in front of you. It's spiritual sounds that are coming through a spectrum that you are not used to hearing. You'll know it's different because the voices actually sound different than yours. It's not your saying things to you. 
they they come into your head from a different place if exactly. that makes any sense at all that's exactly right i call them brain implants because they just don't fit. <laughs> and so for, for those of you that don't hear a, a voice per se you'll hear a thought it'll be just plop it's like dropping ice in a glass it's just boop, it's there it's right there I can be I can be a very fit person, right? Almost like they have to hit me upside the head with a frying pan. Yeah, but I know I know exactly what you mean. Uh, it comes right out of nowhere. Uh, you aren't, you know, you're maybe your train of thought was a million miles away in the other direction, right. but it gets dropped right on you and it forces you to focus. Right. Yep. Yes. My my immediate reaction was to throw up my my personal bubble shield to protect myself yeah and then it was it was a matter of setting boundaries it's like yes i can hear you you, you guys are going to drive me insane you need to back up give right. me some space right up, man. well and i have <laughs> rules that only one can talk at a time and i'll tell mm -hmm. you guys have to be patient you have to understand that i only have so much energy to give you and so I'm going to set a boundary that you can only talk one at a time and give me a chance to answer you. It was it was kind of like, in my case, uh, the old man, Clinton Kelly. He's the one who emigrated out here on the Oregon Trail. Right. Decided to take charge. If, if the ancestors have something to say to me, he's the one who talks to me. Perfect. That is awesome. And I'm I'm good with that relationship, even if he does call me boy. That's all right. <laughs> I do. I do find that some of the expressions and communications are a little clunky, but mm -hmm. if that's what they're comfortable with, I'm okay with it. In in his last years of life, he was known for walking the streets of Oregon City and giving dimes out, shiny new dimes to strangers with a Bible verse about kindness. Ah, cool. And so. If I'm on a path that they want me to be on, I will find a shiny dime in my path these days. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's a great representation for a reminder for him to say, here, I'm in the room with you. Absolutely. I love that affirmation. That's very cool. That is very cool. So tell us. Tell us, Chris, so you've got these protests that you've attended and you've got other things that you do. I would like to hear more about what we saw at the Oregon Ghost Conference, which was a booth for okay. that you now run. Please talk to us about what you do. So that's my online and vending business called The Witch's Resistance, and it's to sell my, my handmade candles. I do both art candles and intention candles. Nice. And then I sell what I like. I like to say I carry all your witchy needs. Okay. <laughs> you know, I got journals, I got fountain pens, I got bells, I got knickknacks, wooden boxes, all that stuff. Cool. But um, I also sell the Witches Resistance themed apparel so that people will wear my message and other people will ask about it. Right. Um, and the first year I, I actually Sunfest 2019, right before COVID. Yeah, that was the debut of, of the Witches Resistance. Right. And I met uh, 
Janet Ferrer and Gavin Bone, like I was saying, and I had pictures of them in my t-shirts. And nice. it's kind of cool that the Queen of Witches supports my message. That's very cool. Even though cool. she doesn't call herself that. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I mentioned my friend Courtney Weber earlier. Right. Um, her and, and Kanani and Hillary have a podcast called That Witch Life. Okay. Uh, cool. I'll and... They're supporters of ours. Cool. And they had Stormy Daniels on the show one time because oh, really? she has a she has a paranormal investigation thing that she does and she reads tarot. Nice. And um one of them was wearing one of my shirts and she asked about the shirt and said she'd really like one. So I hit her up on Instagram and said, Hey, I heard you like my shirts. Would you like one of them? And she's she's a really nice, genuine woman. She, yeah. I've got a picture of her in one of my shirts. It's on my Instagram. It's great. That's awesome. Very cool. But through through my vending business, I got involved with a local pagan nonprofit called Other Worlds of Wonder. Right. And check them out at owow.org. Um, they've been in existence for over thirty years. Nice. We sponsor Pagan Pride in September at Oaks Park. We do Sunfest in the summertime. We're we're an organization about building community. Very cool. Take uh, take, take a couple seconds and talk to us about Sunfest. Sure. Um, Sunfest is a summer solstice festival that we we've put on every year. This year is Sunfest thirty three. Wow. Now I've only been a part of Oh Wow for three years now so none of us go back to the beginning of this organization but um our our theme this year is the the mother goddess the magna mater and we're asking for her protection and uh, blessings on all of her children nice Very and cool. it runs thursday through sunday coming up uh june 18th through the wait Where's my calendar? I was gonna say, wait. <laughs> so twenty first through the twenty fourth. There the we go. 20, okay, twenty first to the twenty fourth. Okay. Where where is that at? It is on a piece of land called Finnan near Vernonia, Oregon, and that's F F Y N N O N. And um, that is a piece of land that has been dedicated to the pagan community. They're another nonprofit. They just got that status. Nice. And um, they brought me on board as their vendor coordinator for all of their events. Nice. So I do that for both um, Oh Wow and Finnan now. I actually know where Vernonia is. I mean, too. It's not that far. I actually know where it is. Oh, my God. Hey, uh, uh, Chris, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, diff the different types of witches uh, that you alluded to earlier, simply because uh, I, I, I'm going to be ignorant about it. I don't know much, and I'd like, you know, I'd really like to know more. Okay, so there's the term paganism, which is just like an umbrella term for people that don't worship Christian or abrahamic deities honestly right within that is wicca now there are a bunch of different varieties of wicca um it started with gardnerian wicca in the 50s and it branched out from there and 
I mean, now there's more kinds than I can name. But that's like, you know, how many different sects of Christianity are there, right? Right. But at its core, now I can't speak for all Wiccans because that that's not what we do. Right. But um, at our core, we believe in a reverence for the earth. And most of us hold both a male and a female deity sacred to, um, you know, acknowledge that, that duality. Um, if I were to define myself, I'd have to say I'm probably a green witch. I, I believe in the power of the earth and the plants and all of that. Um, what else you got, Jason? <laughs> it's a deep subject. I mean, yeah. I, I could recommend some books on the subject. It's yeah. um, oh. like I started with with Scott Cunningham's A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner, which is an an excellent book that hits all the basics. Um, I also enjoy the Green Witchcraft series by Anne Mora. That plays a big part in my personal practice. Um, it, it views the whole relationship with the earth and the elements as more of a partnership than a, a do what I say relationship, which some other forms of Wicca do. Um, the Big Blue Book or the Complete Book of Witchcraft by Raymond Buckland. I don't follow that path, but there is so much good information in that book from how to forge your very own athame, that's that sacred knife, on to doing like acid etching and all the different sacred alphabets. It's all in the big blue book. It's a great resource. Okay. Um, and maybe someday in the near future, you'll see a book in candle, uh, in candle magic by me, but yeah. you never know. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So that's what I was going to ask you. What drew you to wanting to work with candles so much? Hmm. I've always enjoyed candles, you know. Um, my great-grandmother was the first person who taught me how to make a candle out of melting down old candle stubs. She lived through the Depression, though, so. Right, right. So that was kind of a given. I know my my family, it was, we used everything, crayons. When I was very small, we did a lot of fishing on the sea and on yeah. coastal fishing and whatnot and lake fishing. And so we actually would make, take our fingers and stick them in the dirt or the sand and fill it with wax and make candles. Uh, sand candles. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. And so, yeah, so that was actually a fun part. So I, I'm a candle person myself. I, I have one lit right now. I burn them all the time. <laughs> I, I can take a candle that I've made. So if I'm going to say make a candle for a purpose, you know, which is use a lot of candles. We, we engrave them, we rub oils on them, we, we put intentions into them. Okay. So I make candles. So that process starts when I am breaking the wax up into pieces and putting it in a can to melt. Okay. While I'm stirring that wax, I'm stirring my intention into that wax nice you know when i pour it in the mold i'm pouring my intention into that mold nice. and and then when i have a candle 
well, I have all that intention and then I can add to that by, you know, scribing it with what I want it to be and rubbing oils on it. And so I start that from the beginning. And because of that, I like to think my candles are a little better than other people's candles. But anyway. <laughs> of course they are. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> and that's witchesresistance.com or okay. at witchesresistance on social media. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, since you're on here right now, I'm just going to say best candles ever. Well, thank you. That's awesome. So if somebody is, okay, we kind of touched on the book that you were recommending because I asked you this question before, so I'm going to ask again. If somebody listening to this says, you know, I kind of, I kind of relate to what Chris is saying. I have a need for spiritualism, but maybe not for Christianity necessarily, but I have something in me that wants a connectivity to a higher being or just a, an outlet for my spiritual feeling of loss that I want to fill. So if there, if someone wants to look at paganism or witchcraft give us our go-to's what are what are three things that you would suggest for someone to do if they want to research whether this is for them or not well i mean the internet is an amazing um resource actually for investigating paganism and witchcraft it's something that i've sort of seen grown because i'm one of those early um tech adopters and and the internet has done a lot for the spread of witchcraft it really has books read books and um, most importantly go meet your local pagan community i don't care where you live there's pagan community you might have to go to that weird bookstore that sells tarot core cards in the back corner they can point you in the right direction you know, out here in the Pacific Northwest, we're kind of blessed with a very open pagan community. Yes. You can go to festivals. You can meet us any time of year in public and ask us questions. You can go to shops. Mm -hmm. But get your feet wet. Read some books. Meet some people. That's, that's the best advice I can give. That's awesome. Let your freak flag fly. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's important to you because in Jason's asking, I know that there is such a stigma when you say the word witch. Our Puritan forefathers did a number. Which is one of the reasons I use it. I'm I'm trying yeah. to reclaim that word right. as are many of us. And so I, I appreciate that because I feel like there's been an enormous rebranding of Christianity and it feels like there's a lot of scraping to try and get people back to what should be. And I don't know that it's working. And I know that from experience, um, people can only take so much. Right. I well, think that as, as natural beings, we have a craving a lot of us. Not that, that's of us. it right there. It's a craving. See, and I want to hit that. Um, okay, good. We as humans, um, particularly us European Americans, have lost our connection to the Mother Earth. Yes, we have. 
through our modern society, um, Christianity foments that disconnect from the planet. Yep. Making it to the view something to be used instead of something to, to get along with. Right. Um, well, it's a, it's a, uh, a almost a, a conquest philosophy, right? Uh, well, yes. Um, look at the doctrine of discovery that Pope, Pope Alexander enacted, Pope Alexander the Sixth enacted in 1493. Um, I only know that that I just was reading about it. So, <laughs> um, but the the doctrine of discovery basically stated that if you find a land and there's people there but they're not christians well it's your duty to conquer that land in the name of god and make them christians oh, yeah. and the whole uh the whole philosophy behind that i believe originated during the crusades you know we have got to go back there and we've got to expel you know the evil saracens and and, and take it over for god you know yeah right but so we we as as humans we need to rediscover our connection to the earth and and wicca and paganism is a really good way to do that i would say so i actually grew up with a number of pagan people around me didn't realize it and as i got older and in my oh, we're everywhere absolutely <laughs> um well and i found that there were members of my family. I've had members that were religious leaders in all areas. And I found out that one of my great grandfathers used to have seances every Thursday night in Chicago during the depression. Hmm. And just things about his philosophies that were very much more pagan like and not so much the other. And yet my other grandfather, you know, he used to sing at churches. He used to ride his bicycle to three different churches just to sing. And it was like, there's this interesting mix, but all throughout it, the connection is there's, there's been a drive and an interest human, to be involved human, in a spiritual yeah. connection of some kind. Human kind has innate uh, part of our DNA that is searching for more outside of just us. I, I, it's, hard, it's hardwired to us. And uh, it, there is no mistake that every society uh, at one point had that more commune with nature, right? We, we can go for Native American. We can go for uh, Druid in, uh, in what Britannia uh, in the Celtic sort of uh, religions. And uh, it's man's innate desire for something more than itself right i'll agree with that completely so um, i want to because i brought it up last time and i want to i want to bring attention to what they're fighting again if i could because sure. go ahead but i do so the the wetsuwet'en people in british columbia just a little ways up the coast have been fighting the coastal gas link pipeline for years now and the canadian government's bound and determined to ram it through their their ancestral homelands and um, they can use all the support they can get so if you guys want to go google wet's wetting can you spell it for us again please oh 
You knew I was going to ask you to do I that. know. Okay. Wow. I, I got it right here. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I, I had a sticker on the fridge. Oh, good. Good job. W-E-T apostrophe S-U-W-E-T apostrophe E-N. Yeah. It's actually one of their matriarchs, um, Frida Hussan. My activism is directly her fault. I was following her and she posted one of the picture, one of the first videos of a lockdown out of Standing Rock. Okay. And that was it. It started me on a whole different path. Now, can you share again about the fracking pipeline business stuff? Tell me about that again. Fracking. Okay, so fracking's horrible. Right. They, they tell you it's a green alternative, but methane is 89 times worse of a greenhouse gas over a 20-year period than CO2. 89 times. And most fracking operations leak. They leak badly. There was um, one in California they found just a year or two ago that was leaking like clouds of methane into the sky every day. Wow. And the whole process is just, it creates something called, um, they call it wastewater. That sounds harmless, right? Wastewater? Right. Or processed water is another okay. word they use for right. it. And it's full of radioactive salts and other heavy metals. Hmm. And they re-inject it into spent wells to store it in the hopes that it doesn't get in our water table. Oh God. I'm not sure what they're doing with that. That's scary. And so what is the it gas is. supposed to be for? Is it supposed to be a fuel for cars or what is it? Do you right. Know? I mean, so methane or natural gas. Mm -hmm. See how they, they call it natural gas. Right. Try and make it sound good. Conveniently, um, yes. Yeah, I mean, we use it for a lot of things, and the industry is trying to sell it as an alternative to to oil-based fossil fuels, because it does burn cleaner, but nothing else about the process is cleaner. Gotcha. See, that's important, because I have not heard that publicly. All I've heard is the hype about how much better it is than gasoline. They, they dump a lot of money into what's called greenwashing. Okay, to make that. it seem like a green alternative when it really isn't. Okay. Okay. Such and, titles, right? I'm sorry, say that again, Jason. There's such benign titles, you know, yep. uh, right. sound natural when it's really anything but. Exactly. There's nothing natural about the process of fracking grass out, gas out of the ground. I mean, you inject water to fracture the rock to release the gas and yeah. And then pipelines destroy the environment just by um, existing. Um, the MVP pipeline that was just approved in the, the debt ceiling deal. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about that? No. No, what is so that? They stuck a unilateral approval for the Mountain Valley frat gas pipeline into the debt ceiling bill. Oh, how can we completely bypass all environmental protection agency rules and regulations and just approved it? And this is to be where? 
Um, through the Appalachians from Virginia through West Virginia. Oh, holy crap. It's It's been being constructed and it's broke so many environmental laws and had so many fines already. It's been placed on hold. And now it's just been approved. Holy crap. So, um, wow. Yeah. You got to pay attention to what the government's doing because they, they don't work for us. They work for big oil. They work yeah. for the people that donate millions to them. That's creepy. That's a scary it, thought. It, it really is. But the more you look at it, the more you're involved with protesting it, the more you see it. Yeah, well, sure. I, I've met paid protesters. You know, you hear a certain side of the political argument say, oh, those are paid protesters. Well, you know who the real paid protesters are? They're union members who support pipelines. Yeah. Um, local pipe fitters union bust 30, the same 30 union members to all the public comment meetings for Jordan Cove to say what a good, good deal it was for the state. That is so crooked. Oh my God. Yikes. And when they show up, they show up, you know, in, in matching bright, bright yellow or bright orange shirts to, to be intimidating and they all march in together. <laughs> um, they tried to put a uh, methanol refinery in Kalama, Washington, um, that was going to ship methanol created from frack gas across the Columbia Bar to China. And I went to the public comment meeting up there for that. And it was full of union members who were, they were passing out scarves made from recycled plastic, which somehow tied into what a great deal this methanol refinery was for the planet. And we weren't allowed to give um, verbal or loud responses we couldn't plot or boo we could only like thumbs up or thumbs down mm -hmm. so one of the union guys was up there just lying about fracked gas and well i flipped him the bird <laughs> they didn't say next thing you that. know <laughs> i had three of the biggest hairiest union guys in the place sitting right next to me it was hilarious <laughs> That's a, oh, brother. That, that is so shady. <laughs> of course. Great. I mean, unions do great things for the working class. I don't want to get down on unions, but some right. of them don't have their hearts in the right places. No, I would agree with that. I'm, I'm in a union myself, and I have been a big proponent of unions in general because I think they saved the workforces when we started. But I do think we've fallen from grace in many ways. And it makes me sad because the whole purpose of the union was to save the workers and give them a fair deal. And mm -hmm. become pawns. Time but if you destroy the future, are you giving anyone a fair deal? Right. And so yeah. that's, that's where I want to go back to my quote from before. And that my favorite quote from Jurassic Park in the first movie one of the scientists says, you guys got so busy trying to figure out whether you could do something or not, you forgot to ask, should we be doing this or not? Right. And oh. I, I love technology and I love 
science and that it's constantly evolving and learning new things. But I do believe that we have lost our temperaments for reality to try and weigh in the balance. What are we doing for tomorrow? I think that we've lost sight. It's like we've got blinders on for the future. We just want I've, to I've got grandkids, you know, I'm not protesting yeah. for me. I'm protesting for them. Exactly. And that's how I feel too. My grandkids deserve a decent place to live. Period. End of sentence. Mm -hmm. They deserve a decent place to live. I was I was out vending at the Canterbury Renaissance Fair last July when it hit 108 degrees. Yeah. For multiple days. Right. That is not normal. No, not for here. Nope. No. No. That, that was so horrid. Yeah, that's a lot. I of mean, it was it was a great weekend. Huge right. crowd from a vending aspect. It was fantastic. But, oh sure, oh my lord. Yeah, that's a lot. Hey, uh, before we wrap things up today, Chris, is there anything that uh, maybe we have not touched on or or talked enough about that you'd really like to get out there? You know. Let's see, we talked about my candles, we talked about my business, we talked about the planet and pipelines. Yeah, if you if just stand up and fight back, it's time. I I don't care how you choose to do it, but stand up and fight back. Good message. That's what really gives me uh, some hope in the future is that the younger generations seem to be more inclined to stand up and speak out. Thank God, yeah. That's more, awesome. uh, uh, more of a spiritual, not organized, but more of a spiritual outlook on things. And that, that, that gives this old bald dude a little bit of hope. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, my goddess says what's coming isn't going to be pretty. But if we hold the course and we fight, better days will come out of it. That's that's good news. We like good news. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, exactly. Um, I'll take her word for it. Right? There's always yeah. hope. Always hope. Absolutely. Hey, although, so... I wear a hoodie around that has a quote on the back of it that just basically says, I control bloody destruction, the Morrigan. <laughs> and um, that's that's a quote from one of the, the epics where um, the Dagda is is asking the Tuafdadan and they're getting ready to fight the Fomorians for Ireland. I think it's the second great battle with the Fomorians, and he's okay. asking each of the Tuatha Danann and what they bring to the table for the battle. Mm -hmm. And that's the Morrigan's answer is, I control bloody destruction. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you said she's not a real, she's not a real fairy bells. And no, she's not light and fluffy, clearly. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey. Hey, uh, Holly, do you have anything we need to talk about before we ride off into the sunset? Just to hang on to your butts because we got lots more good stuff coming, you guys. You know, and that, that uh, it, I, every time you say that, I have to give a public service announcement. Yeah. Public service announcement. If you're going to hold on to your butts, please use both cheeks. <laughs> uh, 
And I guess I'll see you guys at the ghost conference next year, huh? Well, at least that for sure. Right? Yes. Come out to Pagan Pride. You're not that far from Portland. I would love to. That sounds Third awesome. weekend of September. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah, maybe do some broadcasting out, but you never know. Right. <laughs> well, oh. If you guys want on my event mailing list for pro- possible booth opportunities. Yes, please. Send, yeah, give me your email address off air. We can do that. We can do that. Awesome. Cool, All right. All right, guys, I think it's time to wrap this up. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was an awesome uh, conversation and interview, and I hope to get you on again. Not because we hit, you know, didn't hit the record button, but uh, just just to get you on because uh, I believe what you uh, talk about and what you believe is is so important to get out there. And, and thank you. Yeah, any any sort of uh, help that you know we can give you to uh, get the word out, we're a part of. Thank you very much. All right, guys, for Holly and me, the person who may or may not have hit the record button last time, and Chris, we will see you all and hear you all again sometime soon, very, very soon. We are like an octopus with a tentacle getting out there. You can't escape it. So we will see you all next time. Good night, everybody, and the Arriver and Derek Show.